welcome to the Weekly Patch, the podcast designed to help make the game industry better one patch at a time. This is the Week 8 Patch, and I'm your host, Zyger. With me, the fashion queen, Spencer. Hello, I'm listening to you from a spatial audio future. Ooh, nice. Joining us is the development guru themselves, Jordan. Guru, that's nice. I have had a week. I have been using my Nintendo Switch so much to watch The Bachelor. That's how my week went. That's a, that sounds like a great week. That was a twist. I was like, oh my god, what games are you playing on Switch? Oh, Hulu. I forgot Hulu's on Switch. Right? The Game of Love. The Game of Love. And lastly, the diva of the Fallout Wastelands, Kaylee. Hello. I hello. Throughout your opening, I'm going to just let you know now. I could hear your mouse clicking again. I talked about this last week with you. You guys stop with the mouse uh, I, yeah that, that that was me actually i was gonna say like i didn't click my mouse at all so a peek behind the curtain last week i was editing and i had thought that it was jordan's mouse while zyger was talking so i wasn't worried about it and didn't say anything and then when i went to edit it it was all zyger's mouse while zyger was talking and i was like no in this case you see it's allergy season so every time i feel like a sneeze is coming i like click to like uh mute but I'm just going to stop dealing with that and you'll just deal with my mute. So now you'll just know the... I can just edit out your speech so easy. It's stupid how easy I can edit it. Yeah, I just didn't want to interrupt the the flow of the conversation. We should keep this all in, by the way. Everyone ignore Jordan <laughs> when they're sneezing. Just heads up. Or just when I'm talking. No. Just, just Not play by ear. <laughs> this week, we got some exposed cheaters in the scrum, a deep dive of services versus communities in our quality assurance, and a first impression of some of the newest games in the free play. We have a lot to go over, so, without delaying our conversations like COVID delayed our games, let's get into the scrum. The scrum. We got a two for one special on cheaters getting got. Firstly, the Chinese police organized with tech giant Tencent on arresting several members of a video game cheating development ring. These cheat developers would create various cheats in games and sell them in a subscription service to those willing to pay money to ruin the experience for others. Cheats cost $10 a day or 200 a month. The Chinese police were able to seize over $70 million. That's not all, though. In even bigger news, the FBI worked with the Esports Integrity Commission, EIC for short, in undercovering an ongoing issue with match-fixing on the competitive Counter-Strike scene. This isn't the first time the EIC worked with uncovering match-fixing, as earlier in the year it was discovered that matches in a in the Australian division, were also being fixed, and as a result, dozens of players have received bans. Ian T. Smith of the EIC stated that the North American match-fixing scandal is much more serious than the Australian one from earlier in the year, and will be continuing to work with the FBI and ESEA to prevent such issues. Links to both of these in the show notes. What's really interesting about this story is that, you know, talking about the Australian match fixing from last year, the Australian match fixing scandals in CSGO go all the way, CSGO back. Oh, no, it doesn't count. Yeah, no. you have to backtrack no. to get it. We're not giving you it to you. Okay. What's really interesting is that in Australia, they've been investigating match fixing in CSGO since at least 2014 and shit came to head in 2019 and it's, it's been an ongoing problem. The fact that this is just becoming a problem in North America with the FBI getting involved isn't because match fixing just came to America. It's because esports betting wasn't legal until recently. Like literally the moment it was legal to bet on esports, the FBI was involved in match fixing. And match fixing was going on in illegal betting because of course, you know, 
If you bet with your friends on esports prior to a couple years ago, you were technically doing illegal betting. <laughs> That's what we talk about. Is this? Or is this? Are we talk about? Are we, what is this an indictment? Right, what exactly. Are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's something that it's one of those things where, like, if you buy weed from someone and they give you oregano, you can't call the cops on them because if you live in a place where that's where it's illegal to buy weed, you know, like you can't call the cops on someone for not upholding your illegal contract. If you put a hit out on your wife and the assassin just takes the money and runs, you can't sue them for not killing your wife because that was against the law. So the FBI couldn't get involved in North American match fixing until it became legal to bet on the matches and that's why it's such a big deal australia was the biggest place that had anti-match fixing laws on the book and so it's weird that they're like oh well this north america it's way bigger than australia it's like yeah dudes because you guys have let it fester for like a really long time before letting the fbi go in Duh, of course, it's, it's way bigger. It's North America, and you've been letting it fester forever. So it it's a little disingenuous, and it, and it makes it seem like this is like a new problem or something. But no, the only new part is the part where now it's legal to bet and therefore illegal to match fix. And by match fixing, kids were being paid to throw matches in CSGO. Or kids would bet on them. And I say kids because, like, it's fucking kids. It's professional CSGO players for the most part. These are, like, 19-year-olds. They're kids. So these kids would bet on themselves and then lose, you know, classic, like, you know, boxing match fixing. All the same match fixing of any sport. This one, of course, was highly unregulated. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I didn't even think about match fixing in esports. That's crazy. And Well, yeah, that's why it was so easy because no one was really, like, match fixing in esports. No. So now whenever one of your favorite players is just sucking dick in an esport, yeah, you should wonder wonder if maybe someone's writing him a check for it. I don't know. Activision is once again asking news outlets not to report on their game leaks by serving DMCA notices over Twitter, locking and suspending accounts of individuals who reported on their game leaks. This week, Video Game Chronicles reported on the recent leak of Call of Duty Warzone map updates, only for their Twitter accounts to be unrightfully suspended with DMCA notices. This isn't the first time Activision has done this since just last year. They did the same thing with Call of Duty Black Ops. Is that Black Ops 4 where they did the four lines in a row? Because they were like, our kids don't know Roman numerals. We have to do... F- Technically, this is also a format. That Black Ops? Yes. That was Black Ops 4, yes. That makes me so angry. I call Black Ops Blops. Same. I do like Blops. Blops. I like writing it like, you know, uppercase B, lowercase L, uppercase O, P.S. The one thing that I'm really sad about this new generation of games is that I can't say X-Bone anymore. Oh. <laughs> you can say it's Xbox S. Actually, that isn't, that, is, that, isn't, that isn't terrible. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's as dumb as the actual name is. Right? That's what I was, ho- I was hoping you'd get that it was dumb like, very intentionally. Okay, cool. Apple Arcade is back in the news this week, where they will be launching their biggest expansion yet. On April 2nd, they revealed that over 180 titles will be coming to the surface, of which 30 titles have already been added. Games like Star Trek Legends, Oregon Trail, and Solitaire are now available. Wait, take me back to Star Trek Legends or the Star Trek game on my iPad? It's rad. One of those is not like the others. Oh, she said it's rad. Fuck. I've been watching Star Trek uh, Lower Decks. Somebody tweet me about the show if you've been watching it too, because I'm dying to talk to somebody about it. We haven't finished it because I've been waiting for more people to talk to about it because I'm really digging it. We need to finish it. It's really fun. I like it. It makes me happy. It's the best Star Trek show that they've put Mm. out. Easily. 
They should have called it Upper Deck and just made it a poop joke. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's going to be the spinoff. <laughs> you have to build to that. It's called the comedic timing, Jordan. You do have to build to an Upper Decker, so I do understand Sorry? that. Platinum Games, the developer behind Bayonetta and Nier Automata, even announced a brand new game coming exclusively to the platform titled World of Dreams. Spencer, as our resident Apple Arcade expert, what are your thoughts or games that you would recommend? Apple Arcade is rad. It's four ninety nine, which is wild, and I don't. Un- I do understand. So, full disclosure: I live in the seat of the Apple hive. There are Apple people all around me. My partner is an ex Apple developer. Uh, I have lots of friends who are current Apple developers, and my anonymous sources said that this is basically a 2.0 launch for apple arcade so they want to reconfigure how people think about apple arcade but i think the problem is nobody thinks Thinks about about apple Apple arcade because they don't say anything so you've got to say stuff for people to think about you they're doing a really good job of putting out games that are not what you think of as mobile games I just don't understand why they aren't out there being more proud about the stable of games that they've put together. I feel like if this was an ID and Xbox slate, Microsoft just wouldn't shut up about it. They would just be like, we've got this and this and this. Like They need the confidence that Google had with all those Stadia commercials. Oh my God. Yes. Stadia. Yeah. And conversations I've had with people who are in that Apple thing is that it's not about video games. It's about the App Store and parents who are nervous about what video games on the App Star store were pre-Apple Arcade. And if they can pay $4 a month and give their kid their iPad and know that they're not going to be putting like hundreds of dollars on their credit card in like microtransactions, because that is a hard rule to be on Apple Arcade. It can't have a pay to win or free. Really? They need to advertise this. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, my hot take is uh, Apple Arcade is the actual best deal in games and not Xbox Game Pass. I'm about to get Apple Arcade after this. I haven't done it yet, but I have an iPad. I just recently got because I wouldn't get Apple Arcade to play on my phone. I don't see good. I'm getting old. But my iPad is shiny and new. I'm totally going to play games on it. You should have a free month. It's worth it. Oh, God damn. I ignored that because who gives a fuck about Apple Arcade? In fact, you should figure out how to stream using your iPad and do Apple Arcade streams. That's very hard, but yeah, you can do it. Spencer just has an Apple TV. I I just do my Apple TV. Like a little gadget that hooks to your TV. Isn't that what Apple TV is? Or is an Apple TV an actual like TV that you have to buy? It's a a box. That's how fucking dumb I am. Okay, like a box, like that big. This is what I talk about with marketing. Like I am. I am enough into tech to have this podcast, and I've wondered and been too ashamed to ask if Apple TV is like, I have an Amazon Fire TV. It is a television with Amazon Fire built in, which essentially is like, you know, an Amazon Fire Stick built into the TV itself. It is the TV. My TV remote is like a Fire Stick remote or whatever. Like, So I was like, is an Apple TV just like an Apple Smart TV? Because that's got to be a bazillion dollars. I can't afford that. I could never get an Apple TV. But if it's like a little fucking box, it's probably still $300. It's Apple. But like, that's way different, you know? Uh, You aren't the only one who questions what the Apple TV is. I'll link it in the show notes. But John Gruber, who is like the Apple blogger, literally wrote a piece like two months ago that was like, why does the Apple TV exist? If they're not going to use it to like double down on Apple Arcade or like do anything they've put like you can get and again with the naming you can get apple tv plus which is the tv part of apple 
And they do very well. Like they've learned to market television very well. I need them to learn to market games as well as they've learned to market TV. Golden Guardians, the esports team for the Golden State Warriors, has created what is known as the Golden Guardians Smash Grassroots Fund. Using their own money, they're committing $50,000 towards partnerships with grassroots Super Smash Bros. Melee tournament organizers across the U.S. Yeah, we don't know exactly what this means as far as support, but this is important and kind of huge because it's the first time, at least in recent memory, that a huge esports team is putting their own money to back a community that is not being backed by the developers. If you don't know, Nintendo does not fuck with the Smash community, especially the Melee community. Oh, yeah. They just like, you don't exist. We ain't giving you money. We don't want nothing to do with you. And Golden Guardian is a huge esports organization. They picked up three Smash, three extra Smash people, and they're like putting money toward. That's a gamble. That's the whole. The, everything about Smash can just stop on the drop of a hat. And if Nintendo just be like, nah, DMCA's because they've done it before. Do you think that Sony buying Evo will mean that Nintendo is more likely to DMCA any Melee at Evo? Like, is that the end of Melee at Evo, or do you think that because they can hide behind Sony's warm? embrace that it's more likely that they can be like yeah fuck it we're gonna melee diva suck a dick we can do sue us we got sony lawyers now that's right i wasn't here for that week i i don't think that will be the reason that melee is not at evo i don't think melee was ever going to be at evo again anyway i do think that it means that evo has another hoop to go through to get smashed there because we don't know the details of the sony deal we don't know if that means that on playstation 5 you're gonna be having these tournaments stream right to the thing if Nintendo wants that to happen or if between Smash matches there'll be like a big PlayStation 5 ad or something. We don't know what that means, so it just means it's another hurdle, but it does mean that um Golden Gardens is taking up the the mantle. Team Ninja recently revealed that they actually lost the game code for Neji Guidance 1 and 2. This is a huge loss for game preservations and Team Ninja says not to expect any remaster of those original games as a result. That sucks. That game came out on the Xbox 360? No, one. One, is it Xbox One? Or original, original, not one, one. Okay, the original Xbox. Still, that is way too too late in, like, software versioning and, like, how you know to handle code bases to be losing giant chunks of a code base. This isn't, like, all the SNES games that the code got erased for because they needed to, like... You know, or all the music that was lost because they were like, okay, well, let's just re-record over these cassette masters because we're out of room and we don't think that this guy's going to become famous in 20 years. You know, this is, like, recent. <laughs> Mike, Pump- Mike Pompeo's puppet pit. Ah, oh, my God. That's the fun part. Yeah, I wrote that on purpose. <laughs> I hate you. Mike Pompeo's puppet put C-Street and Activision because they're tired of VA always winning most hated company. That's how I wrote that in my head. It's fun to say. I really liked it. It's also how you wrote it here. Not just in your head. Just here. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. I want that to be the take because you said that perfectly. (laughs) And that's it for the news. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Best news thing ever. Next, we'll be moving over to the quality assurance segment of the podcast. This week, we will be talking about services versus communities in response to a bunch of news sets came out in this past week we're going to be looking at how both microsoft and sony have handled their latest generation what they've been doing on both sides and how they've been supporting either their services or various different communities yeah sony's been visibly dropping the ball in some ways and like picking the ball up and just hitting baskets in ways that the mainstream industry doesn't give a fuck about 
one of the biggest aspects of what Sony has done, at least this past week, is their announcements of closing down the PlayStation 3 and PS Vita online stores. Earlier this week, they announced on, what is it, July 2nd, the PS3 stores will be closing down, as well as PSP. And on August 27th, the PS Vita stores will be closing down. Once those stores are closed, you can no longer buy those games. You, can offer, you can't search for those games. Those games just no longer exist. You can still download them, which is nice if you already own them. Do we have confirmation on that? Yes. 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 Okay. It was updated like a few days after okay. the announcement. That's actually pretty cool. Okay. That, I was very, very, very certain you would not be able to redownload. Like PT. You know, I thought it'd be just like every game becomes PT. Same. So that's actually pretty cool. The theme of this week is still fuck games preservation, but that is cool. Seeing Sony close down these marketplaces, I understand their, quote, logic behind it, but I really don't like it at all. I, I What? What's the logic behind closing the Vita store right now, Zyger? Since you understand oh. it, explain it to me. Like, I don't, because I don't. Okay, so from what, <laughs> from what they're saying is like, oh, it costs money to maintain these servers and all these games. And there are, again, Sony's logic, not mine, that... <laughs> They aren't seeing enough revenue to continue supporting this online store or whatever. Disrespect. Like, they just keep wanting to make sure that we know, fuck the Vita. 100%. 100%. They also fuck the Vita, though. The Vita is amazing. The Vita, the Vita sucks. The Nintendo did this and people hated it. Why are they doing this again? We already learned that Nintendo did it and we don't like it. Never follow Nintendo. They're doing their own thing. I also think it's weird, too, because we know that, like, they made a big deal about the PS5 store having less functionality and everything because it was going to be a hard break from these past stores. So, in theory, the PS3, PSP, and PS Vita stores and the PS4 store, which is going to still be around, are all running on the same, like, type of server. So, like, it really feels punitive at this point. What are you doing? Yes, it costs you money, but it's not like a different set of servers that you're doing, right? They're all one store, and that's why they had to make that break. That's why they all told us it had to be different, and we were going to lose functionality in the PS5 store. Not to mention, uh, Vita games are still coming out and being developed for. Vita games have been canceled as a result of this. They found out by that news. That fucked me up. So if people don't know that there were reports, we'll link in the show notes, that there were developers who found out that their game was not coming out. When the news broke that the PS Vita store was closing, because the Vita was an indie machine, so it has the people that are still making Vita games are making indie digital only games. That's what's yeah. coming out on the Vita right now, outside of really, really specialty niche shit. shit. And Otome games. Yeah. That's specialty niche shit. Otome games. <laughs> <laughs> One developer in particular was uh, developing their game at its multi-platform. When they saw that the news was that the PS Vita store was closing, they're like, okay, the last day to submit a game onto the Vita store is July 12th, I believe. And they're like, okay, we'll just have to focus our development to making that deadline. And they're trying to rush develop the Vita version and release it before their other version of the game. So, again, my ignorance. When the store is down, does that mean that companies can't release patches for games any longer? No, they cannot release patches. Okay. So if they if they rush it out and it's a broken piece of shit, it's a broken piece of shit forever. Yep. Also, this is Market Force Crunch, which is like the worst. This is my personal hell. Yeah. Right? You have until July. That is nothing. That's five minutes. They sold somebody a development kit a couple months ago. I can't remember what developer it was, but it was in the gamer <gasps> story where they were like, yeah, we bought a developer, Vita developer kit from Sony a couple months ago. Excuse me? <laughs> 
<laughs> this is ridiculous. Just to, like more context for the PlayStation Network stores that are closing down, uh, Video Game Chronicle has a list because PS3, PSP, and PS Vita generations was the first generations where we saw digital only games. And Video Game Chronicle pointed out that there are 630 digital only Vita games, 730 digital only PS3 games. There's only a small number of digital only PSP games, but there's 239 PlayStation Minis, which are like smaller games on PSP that's also on Vita. And there's 336 PS2 classics that are digital only on all of those storefronts. There are PSP Go's that only run digital games. I was going right. to say, there may be a smaller amount of PSPs, but there are a whole console that does nothing but digital games. So that's just wild. My ex literally gave me his PSP because he thought that his PSP Go was so cute that he went out and bought one. So I don't know if he still has it, but to this day, <laughs> he had Sucka. his PSP Go and I got his PSP. And his PSP was fully modded when he gave it to me, so it was great. I played Pokemon League Like Green. every PSP was fully modded because yeah. they were better. PSP Go, come on. Fuck that shit. I'm just sitting on PlayStation handhelds at this point. That's not the point of this QA. Yeah, I don't know why. They're so good. Okay, so coming back to... So service versus communities was actually a topic that Jordan and Spencer started discussing in our Discord this week, and it really kind of blew my mind. I believe, Jordan, you were the first one to come out with this comparison when the news came out about the Vita store and the PS3 store and PSP stores closing. And when the news came out about MLB The Show coming to Xbox, and when the news came out that NBA 2K League is going to be Sony-exclusive community... And when the news came out that xCloud now has backwards compatibility, it was like, okay, we got all this stuff going on between Microsoft and Sony, and it seemed like a lot of disparate stuff. And you were just like, oh, yeah, no, this is all obvious, because it just goes to show that Sony's focusing on communities and Xbox is focusing on services. Xbox is focusing on making Game Pass be as awesome-looking and enticing as possible and buying studios and buying exclusives to bulk up their services and to bulk up game pass and things like that and sony instead is focusing on leaning into that indie love that made it turn around at the end of the ps3's life cycle where they're focusing more on communities and especially like the fighting game community and doing stuff with these tournaments and the nba 2k league being a a community driven space for the 2k series and stuff like that i thought that was really interesting yeah i think the thing that playstation is doing that's different from Microsoft. Microsoft is going, we're completely changing our method and we're going full into Game Pass. This is going to be our brand. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And it's like the, the normal business we're doing is not changing. Whereas Sony is like, we won. Both the last two generations, technically by Sony. Yeah. So let's keep doing the thing that we're doing, but also do the community building because we don't really need to change that. So they've been doing this for way longer than people realize. More than just fighting games. PlayStation has like historically been a big sponsor of Evo for a long time where most Evo games are played on PlayStation 3 when it can. But I mean, the last generation, everything was played on PS4 pretty much. Street Fighter V wouldn't have really came to be if Sony didn't queue up a bunch of money for it. But also, as of last July, there's been the PlayStation 4 Tournaments Open Series, which is a terrible name for a thing. (laughs) It is. The one thing both of these places have in common is an inability to name things anymore. Yes. Every week for the last year, they have been PlayStation-run tournaments for 13 games that have been directly available to your PS4. You just go to your events tab, and it'll tell you if you own these games or if you play these games, this is a tournament for it. And they've been running it for... And it's not just fighting games. It's it's really niche games and really big games. It's Call of Duty. It's 2K. It's FIFA. 
It's Gundam Maxi Boost. It's Blaze Brew Cross Tag Battle. Ooh, do they have competitive Catherine? Because that blows my mind. They don't have competitive Catherine yet, but I have problems with Catherine. Soul Calibur. They, they're, they're doing it for a ton of games, and with the exception of three of the games that they started, they've been doing weekly tournaments for the last year. Funded by uh, PlayStation, they stream them on their PlayStation channel sometimes. They have been backing esports. They want people to know that if you are in the console space, you are doing esports on PlayStation. And I think it gets lost in mainstream games news because it is a big problem I have with mainstream games. For some reason, esports is confusing to people. And I say for some reason because it's like you mentioned esports, and sometimes the brain just goes like, "Whoa, that's too much for me to understand." As opposed to like, you get the you get the concept of sports. You you don't need to. You definitely don't need to know. You don't need to know who Santa Fox is main against Dragon Ball Fighters because that changes every three months. It's not even about, you know, sports. It's like, you know, people get, like, competitive about games. Like, you know, the concept of being competitive and making anything a competition, right? Like, you can take any game and you make it an eSport. Because an eSport is just, like, take a video game, find a way to make it competitive. Now it's an eSport. Some games, they're just made to be eSports. They're competitive, you know, Overwatch, Call of Duty. Like, here's the eSport part of our game. But other ones, they get a little weird with it. And it's just, you know, eSports are just, you know, if you understand the concept of being competitive with your friends in a situation that wasn't designed to be competitive you understand esports even if you don't understand sports some people say that they're like oh well i'm into video games so i don't know anything about sports and some of them have that like sports ball mentality where it's like it's a it's a point of pride to not know anything about sports so when their love of video games crosses with their love of not knowing anything about sports with esports it like short circuits some people's brains that's exactly how it works so i don't actually like it when people enter a conversation trying to convince like trying to evangelize esports with well you know about sports unless you're specifically talking to sports fans that aren't gamers you know but if you're talking to gamers i always go with like just think of the stupidest thing that you've competed with your brother on like who can last longer uh before dying and having to pass the controller like Anything can be an eSport. It's just video games being competitive. Are you into competitiveness in video games? Do you play multi multiplayer video games? Are all eSports? Just if you if you think of them in your head when you're playing, that I'm playing an eSport right now, maybe they'll do something for you. But that's that's all it is. Pick your flavor. Everyone thinks they're the best at something. That's why speedrunning is a thing. You know race car driving? Mario Kart is an eSport because it's just like there's a Dale Earnhardt of Mario Kart. And, you know, Sonic Fox is the Dale Earnhardt of fighting games, if that does, if that helps you. Like, just... Speaking of Mario Kart, the only people that take the, the king of eSports away from PlayStation, kind of, is Nintendo because they have Smash that does its own thing. And they actually kind of try to fund an ARM circuit and a Pokemon t- circuit. And, uh, and Pokemon and Splatoon. all of their properties. They have a lot of exclusive IPs, I think, what it comes down to is that Nintendo has its own exclusive IPs that it focuses on with esports. And so PlayStation is like all of the third parties, like Call of Duty, stuff like that. Here, uh, 2K, here, uh, fighting game tournaments. When we, can, when we can make the fighting game, it's here. When we can't make the fighting game, we're going to fund the tournaments unless it's one of the ones that Nintendo owns the IP for. So I, yeah. that's a good point. But I think that that's why. Like, they can both hold crowds. Because it's like, okay, I'm the king of all esports, except you have, like, your own independent archipelago. Now, the reason why I compare Xbox and Sony in this way is because, for a while, Xbox was the place that esports happened on console. For a long while. It was 360 era, that's yeah. where it happened. Like, PlayStation was fu- was funding 
Evo, so PlayStation 3s were the console that it played on. But nobody liked that because all the games played better on Xbox. If you went to a Madden or Call of Duty tournament... I was about to say Madden. I, I remember when the news about MLB The Show coming to Game Pass came out, I saw a lot of like larger games media influencers, is what I'm going to call them, saying, you know, this is such a great look for Xbox and such a bad look for Sony, which it kind of was in some regard, in that like... Sony's winning no matter what. Absolutely. But if you don't understand how that works, it doesn't look good for you. But like a game made by a Sony studio <laughs> is being sold on Xbox. That that blows my mind. Never in a million years that we thought that was good. How is that good for Sony? Because I thought that was a pretty hard way to like hard to spin a win for Sony out of that. It's money. Because, yeah, it's money that definitely goes to... Because Sony San Diego is the only... Santa, Sony Santa Monica, nope, right? San Diego. San Diego, San Diego. Sorry, Sony San Diego. They're the only developer of MLB The Show. So money that goes that goes to buying it on other consoles still goes to Sony. But doesn't, and it spreads... I'm sorry, but be MLB being the publisher on Xbox platforms, don't they get the bigger cut on Xbox sales? I thought that meant ones? they had to pay for the publishing. Like, that's what it was, where Sony's like, we're not going to pay to publish... You know what I mean? Like, we're going to make the game, and it works on PS5. And if you want it to work on Xbox, you can pay someone to figure out how to make it on Xbox. Or you can pay us to figure out how to make it on Xbox. The publishing deal is very will be specific to whatever they decide in that regard. Okay. But the thing is, everyone gets money, including Sony, in that regard. So it, it's just, there's never been, I can't think of a case where a Sony-developed game that used to be exclusive, but still being developed only by Sony Studios, first-party studios, is coming to Xbox. I can't think of a scenario that's happened. That's what first-party used to mean. You only I can think of the reverse, though. Every time you boot up Mass Effect, it boots up to that first thing. It says Microsoft Studios every time, even now when you do it on a PS4. Oh! And Minecraft. Also Wasteland. And Minecraft retroactively. I was going to say Minecraft they bought, though. Yeah, retroactively on Minecraft, yeah. But, like, the original Mass Effect was a xbox game that then became everybody yeah mass effect's a great example so i see this as sony just like spreading its wings in in ways that people aren't really paying attention to because xbox's thing is like we're just gonna buy everything and put it on game pass which i think is terrible for the industry one because anybody just buying everything just just screams let me flex out my monopoly powers. let me buy game pass let me buy discord for more money than disney bought lucasfilm or Marvel together. Put that. Let me just throw all of our ex, all of our Microsoft money at everything and buy everything and make everything Xbox. So once everything is Xbox, nobody, nothing is anything else. That's what scares me about Microsoft, where Sony is kind of doing the thing where they're implanting themselves in communities in different spaces. So no matter what you're doing, if you're coming together to play games, you are hearing Sony or PlayStation's name. Is that the Coca Cola strategy? Like Coca, for those who don't know, Coca Cola specifically like goes out of its way to be like the the first party exclusive of like theme parks and movie theaters and fast food places. That way, whenever you think of those places you like to go to, you think of Coca Cola. Yeah, they don't want you to be like, oh, this carnival was so fun, and also that delicious Pepsi. Yeah, correct. I also think it has a stems from a technology industry trick that people have learned. You want to get the focus of the Eye of Sauron of Microsoft off of you as fast as you possibly can. Because once they decide that you are their competition, they're going to start being like, well, we've got all the money in the world. So we can fight on this level forever because we just have a war chest that's huge. Apple is a very famous example of 
they position themselves as the computer for artists and like all this other stuff that was this so like if sony's like we're the console for fighting game communities or we're the console for this i think that that may draw that eye of microsoft off of them to where microsoft is like oh well they're doing something like completely different than what we're trying to do so we aren't going to see them as like the competitor that needs to die the thing that worries me about this worries is a weird word i don't care they're corporations they can all die (laughs) but if they all die but one it fucks us over it does and that's what's scary about them dying and that's 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 the thing that scares me especially when you get down to only two if they're all going into their own lanes then they're not really competing anymore and does that hurt people now I don't know if competition's good or not. I'm not a mathematician. I don't mathesize the economies. I don't, I'm just a small-time game developer. I went to school for whether or not competition is good for that, and so I can tell you that for once, the one thing I'm college-educated on is to tell you that competition is good in this scenario. That's all I can say my my time in college went to. Kaylee, we're exclusive. Time well spent. <laughs> Thank you. I do know that them going, everyone going into their own lane is weird because Nintendo went into their own lane a very long time ago. Hard, hard. They, they're like, we don't subscribe to the same time. They're on the lunar calendar. We don't do the same generations yeah. as you guys anymore. We're off by like years. It's not like a year, the, maybe. It's like two, three years off at this point. It's all fucked. The moment they're like, our, our, our next console is going to be Nintendo Revolution. I mean, the Nintendo Wii. That's when they went on their own path. That's when they split the timeline. Yep. And. They never came back. And that's doing really great for them. Yeah. With the exception of the Wii U. Yeah. But the Wii U was the only failure. Everything else was so successful. All the DSs, the Wii, the Switch, they're all so monumentally successful. That, fine, that minor L, that that four-year finding themselves, you know, they went to, they they, they dropped out of college. They were losing a water, to be honest, during that time. They were. Uh, we don't. I don't have. I don't think anybody has ever said this out loud that I can hear. So maybe this is disrespectful. But when he passed, everyone was just obviously mourning and reverential. But obviously, he was very sick. So like the last thing he did was work on the Wii U, and it's like, well, maybe that shows that somebody who was literally dying and could not give the same all he gave to everything else, and you know, everyone close to him knew he was dying. So how are you gonna be like as hard on him or as critical to his projects? Like. I think the Wii U being a failure is a sign of the fact that like they were losing the, the head of their ship very slowly. And people didn't know that when the Wii U first came out. And the Switch is the dream of the Wii U, but real. Realized, yeah. Yeah, realized. Like, yeah, the Wii U walked so the Switch can run. Uh-huh. It's like the Vita and the Wii U did its fusion dance and came out with something that was actually good. 100% I was about to say, you got to give it to the Vita too. Yeah. I love the Vita. What did the Vita do to you? What is bad about the Vita? It's so good. It's got a good battery life. It's got a good hand feel. It, it, the games were great. Who hurt you? It's like, ooh, fine battery life. I don't think it had a good hand feel, but I, those those sticks were weird. But also... Oh, I loved the sticks. Those little nubs. Those are my favorite fucking things. I will say that the nubs on the PSP Go was my favorite little nub. That thing was awesome. I like the PSP because it had some texture to it. Also, the Vita memory stick. It's not that the Vita was bad. I just shit on it. The memory stick was bad. The memory stick was very bad. That was inexcusable. But it deserved better. My my thoughts about the Vita is that with the store going down compared to the PS3 and PSP, 
I don't know if you're losing that much. That's insane. They're losing over 2,000 games. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, literally, that's insane. Yes. Versus the PSP. Yes. Oh, yeah, PSP. Uh, the best part about Daxter. PSP was playing not PSP games on it. Same, same with the Vita. No. Same with the I Vita. I only play Vita games on my Vita. I only play Nintendo games on my PSP. <laughs> Hard save. <laughs> that's real. PSP was the place where I played Japanese games. That like, was the Vita I mean, for I me, mean, though. Nintendo games are yeah, Japanese like games. It depends on the weird Japanese games you like. <laughs> I don't know if Kaylee brings up a thing pretty often in the universe. Unions? About how, like, maybe every in two generations from now, we just don't see consoles anymore. And I don't, my opinion isn't that dire, but it's on that road where it's like, every game's generation, we have an idea of who wins and who loses. And it's like, no one's playing the same game anymore. As far as the studio, as far as the big platforms, they're kind of all winning. And I do think we, as like people, lose. I will never use the term consumer because I don't want to refer to us humans as consumers. I'm not a marketing person. We're like the hungry, hungry hippos. That's what a consumer is to me. It's just a hungry, hungry hippo. Like Xbox buying all that shit and being like, it's on Game Pass. Will it come to other things? <laughs> Maybe. That makes it. And real talk, Game Pass is good in some ways and terrible in other ways. Game Pass makes me know. That as a person who does not own an Xbox and mean so Game Pass to me is a thing on PC, it means that it's a death sentence to so many games where if I just knew it was on Switch, I would have bought it on Switch or PlayStation 5, a place that I like to play games, but it's on a place that I only kind of like to play games, so I'll download it on Game Pass and never actually play it. Whereas if I just had it in a place where I like to play games, it would just be so easy for me to just go and spend money on it and give money to those developers who do get money from being on Game Pass. But it, for me, like as an individual, it means that I am going to download a Plague Tale and never play it. Oh, I was super interested in buying it in another place, but I got it on Game Pass already. So maybe I'll wait and blah, blah, blah. And then a year and a half goes by and it never yeah. gets turned on. And, like, I've never been a fan of Xbox controllers because offset sticks are very uncomfortable for me. I know everyone fucking loves offset sticks. To me, it's, nope. like, I need the symmetry. My hands are symmetrical. I want... I don't like the offset sticks. And it makes me feel like an idiot every time that I'm holding an Xbox controller. Two points. Playing an X, playing on an Xbox and playing on a Switch and going back and forth, so fucking confusing. Why did you why do you share letters? Why do you share letters yeah. and put them in different places? Oh, 100%. It's so confusing. It's so much harder to go between Xbox and Switch than it is from Switch to PlayStation because I had to do both. Because I, I like to play Switch when I'm not streaming. And so I was streaming an Xbox game and going from Xbox to Switch. And then I stopped that and I played a PlayStation game. So at a, there was a certain point where I was switching from the Xbox game to the PlayStation game. And I was going from Xbox to Switch to PlayStation, just like back to back. Back, 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 and I was so fucked. Every button is X. Every single button is X. That's hell. That's a nightmare. <laughs> X is just yeah, yeah. There's three different X's. Also, if you if you play on Game Pass on PC and you have a Steam account, if you connect your PS4 or PS5 controller, open Steam, you can play most games um, associated with Xbox or through Game Pass using your PlayStation controller. See, and this is making me not want to buy a new Xbox. It's making me want to spend 600 bucks on upgrading my PC so I can play all these like, games. That's what upsets me. That's what because I think you should do. Ga- Xbox is not trying to get you to buy a console. Xbox is trying to bu- get you to buy a service. They're trying to get you to buy Game Pass. They don't really care. Like, if you buy the Xbox, that's just a bonus to them. And that's what worries me. Because that's why I say we're not we're going to live in a post-console universe where it's just like, you know, Stadia and the uh, 
um, Apple TV box, you can both like stream games that you plug into your TV and you'll have like the switch, which is a handheld with a dock. Let's be real. It's a handheld with a dock before it's a home console that you can take on the go. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's yeah. more of a, a handheld console, handheld. right? It's a handheld console that you can dock if you want to. And I like having the option personally. I think it's great. Keep doing it. But you know, if we're having an honest conversation, the only person who seems to be in the, this is a console. You can play games on this console for 10 years. And the games that come out when this console launches and the games that come out when this console is about to be retired, will all work on this console and that's how consoles work. The only person interested in that right now seems to be a Sony. And that's, the, to me, the benefit of consoles. If consoles are going to be a thing that you have to constantly replace because you can't upgrade them because they're boxes, and, like, certain games will barely, like, Zyger's going to get into it later talking about Outriders, but, like, some games will barely work but claim they work on older stuff, so you know you really need the newer stuff, but you're still not 100% sure until you've already bought the fucking game. I hate living in that world. We're already living in that world on Xbox. Like, Zyger is living... When I played Yakuza 7 and it had unbearable load times and then found out that on um, Xbox Series X it had no load times. It's like, what the fuck? You can't tell me that this is the same game. It's wildly different experiences. But you get to put that it works for all these same consoles on the box. I'm so worried of that being the future of gaming. That's why I say, like, console gaming is going to down a dark road. Because it's going to a place where, like, maybe Sony still makes consoles the way that we think of them today. A way I like. Because it's easy. It When you're poor and getting $200 takes, like, when you have to spend the entire generation saving up for the next generation console. Because it takes you that long to save up. And then now you're telling me I have to save up four times as fast. Like, I bought a PS5 because I could afford it. But 10 years ago, me, or people 10 years younger than me, they can't. Like, you just, especially, like, not to this economy it, but, like... You know, millennials and Gen Z are only going to get poorer and less able to invest in luxuries like gaming. And we have to remember that gaming is a luxury and we have to constantly work to make it less of a luxury. And we have to make sure that our spaces reflect the fact that there is a a privilege to being in the console space or especially in the PC space at all. And that's a real conversation when it comes to things like Apple Arcade and mobile games where you know, you can justify spending $800 over the course of 24 months on a payment plan for an iPhone that then lets you play World's End Club way easier than you can be like, okay, well, I really like the look at that World's End Club, but I'm 19 and that's like my car payment plus groceries to buy a Switch to then spend the money for that game, which is also going to be more money than just the $5 for Apple Arcade a month. So like, you know, when it it comes to things like that, I just get really anxious about what Xbox is setting the tone for gaming to be because it feels more expensive, which means more gatekeepy, which means more white male, which means more bullshit and just a harder space to break into and a worse place to be in. I'm glad you brought up the $800 for a phone that you pay over 24 months because Xbox does that. Yeah, they're doing that. Because we bought our Xbox, no, Xbox One X. Let's give you 20 minutes to remember what the fuck you bought (laughs) because Xbox can't name anything. Uh, Yeah, we bought the Xbox One X when All Access first came out because it was 24 bucks a month for 24 months and we could trade it in. And, like, we get a credit when we trade it in for the Series X whenever we can get our hands on one. Which tells me that that's how they're thinking of it. They're like, no, we're not yeah. doing consoles anymore. We're doing, like, it's, like, cell phones. But that $24 a month also includes Xbox Game Pass. 
See? Because they, what they care they about is the service. Shit. The service is what matters. And I think that goes back to what we talk about a bunch, is that Sony is a hardware company that makes video games. And Xbox is owned by Microsoft, which is a software company that makes an Xbox console. They really care. Like, tech for tech as a whole for the last, like, 10 years has driven away from, like, you buy this piece of software and you get it to you pay us a monthly fee to rent this software. Everything from, like, Adobe Creative Cloud to, like... And Apple does it too. I was just about to say Adobe. And that's and that's such a perfect example of how damaging it is. It's so fucking gatekeeping the fact that like when I was in seventh grade, I got all of my like graduation money and bought <laughs> and I bought Adobe Photoshop Elements 3.0 with my all my saved up money. And my friend and I would hand draw a webcomic, scan it with some old scanner we got for 40 bucks that we'd saved up for. And then I would hand like trace and ink and edit them and we'd post them on DeviantArt. We were very cool. And like we were poor kids with nothing to do over the summer and we could scrape by and do that. And like now if it was like, okay, well, your kids, you don't have access to like a college discount or something like this. Can you scrape together hundreds of dollars a month or go fuck yourself? No. Link to that webcomic in the show notes. Fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Fortnite's huge because it's free. Yeah. And can play on a toaster. That's why all these free to play like big service games are becoming a thing. And which is why I'm really surprised that Overwatch has lasted. Because Overwatch like, is just a really and like to answer like my answer your question is Overwatch is a really fun game. I don't like any of these other games. I don't like first person shooters. I don't like anything that is even kind of like Overwatch but isn't Overwatch. But there is something about Overwatch that is just genuinely so fun for such a wide variety of people that especially when you can get your friends playing, it's just that fun. It's like why What I mean is like the barrier is so huge. Well, it's so huge. PC you only need to have a thing that can, like. No, I mean for everything. You only need to have a console or a PC and the game and internet. So that's a full price game and and good. Internet. It's so amazing. Like that's like an anomaly to me uh, because it's not like it's a niche game or a niche genre. Like it's a big game in the big genre yeah. with competitors and blah blah blah, and it's still doing thing. Two blizzards. Two blizzards credit though. They have done a pretty good job of making Overwatch on PC run on a lot of hardware. And it's on Switch. Yeah. Like, Overwatch yeah. can run on just about... It's on everything. Can run on everything. It's always on sale. And all the stuff... The DLC for it is free. Like, once you scrape together the... Like, again, thinking about when I was a kid getting into gaming. Once you scrape together the money for a used disc of Overwatch, which is, like, 20 bucks at GameStop back in the day, that's it. Like, I used to rent a console from Family Video for, like, five bucks a week. So you could run a console, and then like you have your used copy of Overwatch, and you could just play. I rented a Sega Saturn for my birthday when I was a child. I had a friend that would go to GameFly. They would rent games, and then be like, it never came. And then they send a second disc, and then they just keep that one of those discs. That's a terrible thing to do. You should never yeah, do, don't it. do that. But my friend... Wait, he keeps saying my friend and winking. Did you do that? Don't do that. There's actually no... No, no one's no one here has done that. You know what? There's no proof of this. Okay, I still have a copy of Tales of Agendia. I never returned to Family Video because I told myself I would keep it until I played it. And I have been meaning to play Tales of Agendia mm-hmm. since I was 12. But I still have it. It's in the case and everything. I just showed it to Zyger a couple days ago. And I'm going to return it once I finish it. That's just as bad. That Family Video doesn't exist anymore. Family Video is around. Yes, it does. It won't by the time that you play it. What is the late fees on that? Oh, the way the family video works, it's so awesome. Late fees are, like, not even a thing. 
Oh. No. And like late fees, when they are a thing, which it's really weird, sometimes they will be, if you pay your late fee, it becomes a credit. So like if you go there and you're like, oh, I want to rent this movie, they'd be like, okay, you have $5 in late fees. And it's like, cool, here's $5. And they're like, okay, well, that's minus $5 off of your current purchase because you just gave us $5 towards late fees. Like, you would have, my, we would go in all the time and my best friend's parents always had like a $40 plus credit because they would like get late fees and then pay them and then not rent anything and then just have credits sitting on their account. They'd be like, yeah, you can just watch a family video and like spend whatever the credits are. And it was a beautiful system for me. That's what my mom did too. Right? It was great. Because it was right down the street from our house. And I would just walk down there and be like, rent movies for nothing because she just had a bunch of credit on her thing. It was amazing. It was so good. And they're still open. The family video I went to is still open because I was driving by there when I was in my hometown last. Well, maybe they closed in the pandemic, but I don't know. I feel like family video is probably doing pretty well in the pandemic. If they closed in the pandemic, then the game you have would be their pandemic legacy. Oh, I like that. That's a tabletop joke. Yeah, so we're fucked. Gaming is ruined, um, and it's all Microsoft's fault because they decided that consoles were lame and they were going to destroy them, and then they did because they have the money and power to do that, and y'all fell for it because y'all are so excited. Oh, Marvel's a monopoly now. I'm so excited. Oh, if Microsoft becomes a monopoly, all my favorite games will be on Game Pass. Everyone is so ready to cream their pants for monopolies because all they can think about is, like, the super cool crossovers, and it's like, no. Yes, one of the few, few meager benefits of monopolies for all of the things that you enjoy is that there can be crossovers. That's literally the only good thing and somehow the only thing you think of. What if I told you they could probably solve those problems just giving each other money? You could get your crossovers. They could just give each other money. They could just give each other money. People are like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit would never happen now because they'd never... Do you know how Who Framed Roger Rabbit happened back then? They gave each other money and they were like, all right, cool. Well, I mean, if we're all getting money, then fuck it. Whatever, you stupid little kid movie. Like, that. that's it. You know how Mass Effect was on PlayStation? It's because Xbox got money to release it on other things besides Xbox. Like, that's how it worked back then. Disney went and bought Fox and I still didn't get a Simpsons World in Kingdom Hearts 3. So fuck all of your monopolies. Yeah. I, can't, I can't have the Bartman and fucking Sora... Going up and fighting Mr. Burns? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine if there's a Simpsons land in Disney World? It's in Universal. Oh, Disney World. I was about to say that, uh, there was one in Universal. Could you imagine if it got like the? I would go. I would go and bring my Simpson Rama comic in my extensive like collection of Simpsons comics and get it signed by all the people that need to sign it because I'm a big Simpsons fan. If you hadn't known. I just had a fever dream where I can't remember if something happened between me and you or something happened on an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. Are you the one that's been wearing Obscure Simpsons t-shirt references I haven't gotten? Or was that somebody on Lower Decks wearing Obscure Simpsons t-shirt references that nobody else got? That is neither. That is another person named Jordan. Yeah, that is neither. <laughs> oh, God. I'm losing my mind. I'm so tired. Oh, that was the other Jordan. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. As long as there was another human being named Jordan, that's so much more reasonable that my brain was like, Jordan was wearing an obscure Simpsons shirt that you didn't understand recently twice in a row. No, it was a different Jordan. God damn it. <laughs> well, well, before that wraps it up, does anybody else want, like, do you have something else you, know, you want to tie it up in a bow? Anybody else want to say anything? So basically what we're saying is that instead of thinking of Xbox and Sony as competing against each other in the console space, what's actually been happening is that Xbox and Sony have been making decisions to 
like create their own spaces one based on the game service and game services like game pass and one based on fostering more niche communities so that all of these little tiny communities are all in one place so that they total up to lots of money for sony and i personally think that microsoft's is the horrifying dystopian one and also the one that's proving to be the most effective i'm curious what you guys think one who's right two who's winning three weird third option Oh, you mean like the Oxford Combat that doesn't work because you didn't you didn't have three options? I'm speaking, so there was no Oxford Combat. <laughs> you just try to be mean to me, and then you wonder why nobody hears any of your Property Brothers jokes. See, what's going to be really funny is I edited out all your Property Brothers jokes, and then I said this, and everyone's going to be like, Property Brothers jokes, and I'll laugh. Yeah, and then we'll be getting hashtag release the Property Brothers cut. Like, come on. Yeah, we really would. Release the Property Brothers cut. <laughs> Do it! I would love that. I think the winner will be everyone that's trying to make money, and the loser will be us. There's never, there's not going to be a winner and loser in the way that we see that we've seen things before. If everything continues as like Sony is still selling the most consoles, Xbox is trying is starting a service that's like gaining really strong momentum. So they're just like billionaires making billions of dollars. That's that's what that's what keeps happening. My last question is actually going to be at the end of the generation. You know, and at the end of the PS5's life cycle, let's say, who will win in the sense? Do you think there'll be more PS5 sold or more Xbox Series consoles sold? There will be more uh, PlayStation sold, but the question of will there be more people that on Game Pass is a whole other thing. Yep. I think there will be I'm more play- more PlayStation sold, but I think people will like Xbox better. Sony has to figure out a way, and I don't think it's impossible, to get around the PR nightmare they have right now of you're going to pay $84 for a PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 comp compatible version of MLB The Show, and Xbox owners are going to get it for $14.95 a month. They have to come up with some, like, they can do it. I don't, I think there is a PR, like, way you can come around to that, but just dumping it out there and not saying anything is not going to be the way they can continue to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a repeat of the 360 generation where a lot of people will think Xbox One, even though technically Sony did sell more. But the, like, it's that mentality where people are right now more positive about Xbox. I think that's only going to continue to grow for sure. But I think at the end of the day, Sony will sell more. All right. I look forward to a decade from now seeing where our predictions land. That was our first alpha. That was the alpha alpha. <gasps> that's going to be a to be an easter egg for later my favorite street fighter game is street fighter alpha 3 that's because you're the kind of person that says the snyder cut is bad and wears hipster sweaters did i say it was bad no i said it sucked oh oh those are different things. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't supposed to be a dig that was really me not remembering but it worked you can cut this but the dceu is dead to me as of today it, it's not dead to you. It's just dead. It's been dead. It's been slowly. Well, they dying. say they're coming. They said they're coming back, but they they canceled the trench on Friday, so it can die. No, no, care. they canceled the trench. They canceled. What's the other one that they canceled? Old oh, gods. they canceled new gods. New gods. Oh, new gods. They yeah. canceled yeah. Ava DuVernay's new gods. She was so excited for it too because they were going to do a whole dark side thing, and because Jack Snyder's universe has been canceled, the new gods thing was obviously going to be dark side, and you can't have a dark side movie without the movie that introduces dark side, which is supposed to follow Justice League, which can't happen now. So the entire thing has to be scrapped the dc universe is over i hope that they just say fuck it and they're like we're gonna do not a marvel thing we don't have one universe we're just gonna have a bunch of really good movies 
I think that Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad should become a universe and there can be movies inside of it and there can be movies like the Joker and the Batman outside of it because I think that Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad work really well together and I think I want more honestly I want more Birds of Prey movies and I wouldn't mind that universe and I'm okay with like the first Suicide Squad also being canon because it fits and it's not that bad you know it's a fine movie it's a decent movie I give it a 7.5 like it's fine I'm yeah. not going to say it's a great yeah. movie, but I'm like, it's it's a good popcorn flick. Like, if you're like, oh. It's, uh, it's a seven. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's right seven, but I laughed a lot, and I liked all the costumes it's, and colors. It's inoffensive. It's very inoffensive to me. Exactly. I'm not trying to say it's great. That's the thing. It's like, we live in a world where you can't say if something's, like, okay. It has to be really bad or really good, and okay means really bad. I liked it more than yeah. a bunch of Marvel movies. Yeah, it's, it's a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie for me. It's a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie for me, too. Exactly. I liked it as much it, as I've enjoyed any Marvel movie. The The range between my opinions on Marvel movies isn't very wide. It's Doctor Strange. <laughs> no I, disrespecting Stephen Strange. No. no. I haven't seen the Doctor no. Strange movies. Doctor Strange is real good. It's fine. It looks cool. I keep meaning to. I'll play. Do- I'll watch Doctor Strange while I'm playing Tales of Legendia. <laughs> I've watched it many times because I have a big old crush on Rachel McAdams. She's so pretty. Uh, ever since Mean Girls. Oh, which is not the lesson that you should have taken from that movie. But it's the lesson we all took from that movie. Did you know that in 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 the original, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman, it was going to end with uh, the Riddler solving the anti-life equation? Oh my god, shut the fuck up. I knew the Riddler was going to be in it. And that made me really upset. I, I did not know any of that. The Riddler's my favorite. I want a good Riddler movie so bad. I will love to talk to you another time about the deep dive that I took on the DCU, the Snyder Cut, and all the things, and all the things that would have happened that will make you so mad that they didn't happen. Oh, no. I went to the DCEU wiki, and I was looking, and then I just got too upset, and I had to turn away. I, I took a deep, deep dive. It's painful. Everything you hear, just like, WB, just let them make the fucking movies. God damn it. They have to have a studio head for longer than 18 months. Like, come on. Like, that's they have the to problem have with WB. Not Zack Snyder. No. They have to- I don't even I think it's Zack Snyder. Snyder. I think it's above him because, like, they keep rolling through studio, like, head of studio at Warner Brothers is, like, different person every, like, literally 18 months. That's one problem. I also think Zack Snyder cannot make a good movie that is less than three and a half hours long. I have no problem and with that. And that isn't what goes to theaters. No one's going to watch those. So that's what I they no, always they cut them and then they don't make sense. Mo- they made a bazillion dollars with those movies. People will watch long movies. People will, they people didn't make a bazillion dollars with the, with the Zack. With the, Batman vs. Superman with, was over two and a half hours. That one. Yeah. Three and a half hours. That's what I said. Three and a half hours. So the extended cut is with the movie that he wanted to make. I watched I watched those all in one sitting, but they weren't in theaters. That's a problem. Is I can't say that I would because they didn't release them in theaters, but I would have. I watched them in one sitting. You're the super fan of DC that would like, and that's what I like. Right? That's what that's what I keep saying is that like Zack Snyder makes movies for super fans of comics. Yeah. And the idea, but of, not people that want to see movies. But like, I don't want to sit four hours in the theater for a movie that I might want like. to see movies too. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, there are super fans of comics. That want comic book movies. And you cannot get a full comic book story in a movie unless it's going to be a long movie or a bunch of I movies. Agree. And so MCU went, we'll do a bunch of movies where like each movie a little bit happens. And then eventually, finally, one movie, a lot happens. And then the rest of the movies like a little bit happens. And that's how we do it, which is fine. But I'd rather have just this a wash, oh my God, like comic book saga just on the screen and just oh so good i just want a miniseries that's what i want from him that's what i want yeah uh, Zach, yeah. that's what i should say Zack snyder should be doing miniseries Zack snyder should be on at hbo doing like not even miniseries Zack snyder should be doing a dc game of thrones 
like yeah, it was not like, Game of Thrones tonally, like all dark and bloody. Well, I mean, yeah. oh, I guess. I mean, yeah. But like, right? <laughs> I he should be doing a DC Game of Thrones. Give him like Justice League Dark on HBO Max. That's what I mean. I don't think he should not be doing DC things. I just think he should not be making movies because they're not going to put out the movies that he wants to make, except when Toxic Fandom comes and makes them. Do. That is so, way like, fair. Yeah, he needs way to make. Fair. He needs to learn the lesson Ryan Murphy learned that he couldn't make movies that were like. Ryan Murphy can't make TV shows either, though. Um, <laughs> he used to be able to. Well, this is my problem. I've watched so much Ryan Murphy. I'm allowed to make that joke because I go into every season of a Ryan Murphy project going, "This is going to be good," and the first half is like, "Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, it's building up something great. Oh, it's been great." And then like the last three episodes are shit. Every fucking show he makes, he cannot stick the landing on. Everything. Every season of American Horror Story spirals into nonsensical, unnecessary plot threads that don't get resolved. Every fucking show he makes, the the ending of Six Feet Under was weird. He can't make endings, but Glee was a three-season masterpiece. No, Glee was... You know, I do agree with you and all that. I think that's all Ryan Murphy as well. Because that's also... Like, Nip Tuck was... I don't think Ryan Murphy's good at his job. I think Ryan Murphy is good at casting. I think Ryan Murphy is good at coming up with ideas. And I think Ryan Murphy shouldn't be allowed to write his own shit beyond, like, the spec script. Ryan Murphy makes things that I watch and think, I want to do that, but better. Yes! Everything Ryan Murphy does is awesome if it could just be done a little different by someone better. And you will see something written by me that explains what I just said in a couple months. Ooh, Ooh. that's exciting. See what happens when I shit talk the, the Snyderverse? Magic happens! I'm so sensitive. I had a rough March, and it was my birthday month, and I haven't... I'm on so many vaccine wait lists, and I haven't heard back from anybody, and it's really upsetting, and I just spent way too much money on a groomer to not even brush my dog. He's shedding everywhere, and you have to be nice to me because I'm very sensitive, and I'm going to be sensitive until at least May. That wasn't an example of... The Snyder thing wasn't an example of me being mean to you, so I apologize for it taking... That was an an opportunity for us to have a passionate conversation. I'm a Snyder fan. Obviously, (laughs) I'm sensitive. It was was a nice conversation. It was a nice conversation. I think that, in in all honesty, that movie was fine, but I think if it came out... If it was a five-part miniseries, it would have been amazing. And he needs to stop with his, like, wild 4-3. I didn't understand. I understood why it was four three once I read why it was four three because he want he filmed it so that it could be IMAX. Like it was supposed to be a thing that you watched in IMAX, and IMAX ratio is four three. But it's not ever going to be an IMAX. Well, it, he did it before he was going to be all cut up and he was going to get kicked off. It's not shot in four three though. It wasn't shot on an IMAX. I thought that was the thing. It was. I thought it was shot on cameras that were four three because IMAX was four three. It was not shot on IMAX cameras. That was the thing that drove me up the wall. It wasn't shot on IMAX cameras, but it was shot on cameras that used the same ratio aspect ratio because it was cheaper because IMAX cameras are expensive. And that's why when he was going over raw footage, he had to use the 4.3 because he would have had to crop Hella and he didn't want to do that because he had actually recorded on a 4.3 ratio to mimic IMAX as a way to get around the fact that IMAX cameras are expensive. Right. I read an article on it last week. I like these conversations here because there's less people to keep track of when it comes to talking about DC. Because when you talk about the Snyderverse, a lot of people start coming out. And I'm like, yo, I'm overwhelmed. Toxic fans are gross. I'm a Rick and Morty fan, so I'm used to just, like, liking things that everyone around me that, like, suck. You know? Yeah, yeah, Like, I'm used to it. I do like Rick and Morty. So I try to balance being defensive because I get why people are sick of me before I even start talking because they find out I like X. Because it's like, yeah, most people who like this suck. But let me just give you my rational reasons why you should give this a chance. And it's, then it's, sometimes you just get tired of doing the same spiel. <laughs> and that's a wrap on quality assurance. 
Next up, we'll be moving into free play, where Spencer has been playing a brand new game. Fantasian. Fantasian. Okay, I was about to say fantasy. Yeah, like no, that's no, not right. You know why Fantasia, there. like the movie Fantasia, Fantasian. Yeah. Fantasian. It's awesome. What a good name. I love it. It's such a good mouthfeel. It's a very pretty name. I just like reading it. It just jarred me for a second. But Spencer, tell us all about Fantasian. Uh, do you guys like Final Fantasy turn-based video games? <gasps> turn-based? Yes. If I you love like turn-based. If you like turn-based Final Fantasy games that are really like old Final Fantasy games but just like everything is like a slightly different name, then this is the game for you. And that makes sense because it's made by the guy who created Final Fantasy. Oh shit, really? Yeah. And it's on Apple Arcade? Yeah, it's on it's Mistwalkers, which is Yeah, it's on Apple Arcade and I was like what if they the were fuck? If they were ever going to use a game to drive Apple TV sales, Final Fantasy fans are primed to buy every weird console to play one Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Like, that's just what they do. Anybody who owns a Wonderswan. It's fun. The big gimmick that they like based a lot of the marketing of it around was that your little character runs through these 3D dioramas. And oh. so like you can go in and like, it looks like a more pretty version of Octopath Traveler. I was about to say, it sounds like, wait, what's the incredibly terrible name? Project Triangle Strategy. It looks like, it reminds me of the Project Triangle Strategy uh, clips we saw earlier in the year. Yeah. So you play as a guy named Leo. I actually thought the character was a girl the whole time leading up to the game. I thought it was a girl, but you play as a guy named Leo and he's lost his memory and a digital plague is taking over the land so yeah i'm about four hours into it and it's it's good like if that's the kind of game you want i think people who are mad about final fantasy in the state that it's in like who don't like the action combat will dig this so i have a question real quick yeah this this is a game that's on apple arcade is this a game that you can see people playing for long sessions? Or is this a game that's like designed to like pick up and play sporadically? Like, oh, I'm playing this on my phone. I'll play it for like 10 minutes while I'm on the subway or waiting for something and put it down and hop back into it. Like, how do you feel in your four hours of playing that this game is designed? So that's a good question. I've played it on my Mac. I've played it on my... I've played it on all the devices you can play it on. So you can play it on your Mac. You can play it on your phone. You can play it on an Apple TV. And you can play it on an iPad. I would say it's the least good on the phone. Like, it feels better to play this game with a controller in your hand. So you ha can have controller support on your iPhone, but, like... Can you touch screen on your iPad? Is there is it, like, touch screen controls without a controller? It is touch screen controls, but you can use a controller on the iPad, too. So if you do, like... There's just a lot of menus, and menus are always a thing that I find hard to navigate on just touch screens and controls touch screens yeah so you would say that this is definitely a game that's like sit down and play and play for longer sessions than the sporadic sessions that most people assume mobile is meant for it does a really good job my big thing is always making sure like is this game using game pass and cloud save in a way that is like usable and not a nightmare because sometimes like for as sticky as like apple is about Everything else that goes with the with the App Store, Game Pass is not Game Center. Not sorry, Game Pass Center is okay. not there. Like they're not like super like 
particular about what features get used. So it does use multiple user, which you would think like it should use multiple user, but there are plenty of games on Apple Arcade where I cannot play them on the Apple TV. World End Club is one. Um, I'm playing the Apple Arcade. I'm playing it on the Apple TV, but I have to play under my partner's Game Center account because it doesn't have multi-user Game Center. Oh, like the Vita? Like trying to play with multiple PSN accounts on the Vita? Yeah, a lot like that. And you're just like, but can you guys, but like, just make it a thing. Like, I would say that it is not a, like, it is a more sit down and play it for like five or 10 minutes at a time, 20 minutes. You're probably like in that area. If you want something where you're just like, I'm quick and I want to do something, you want the, the Platinum game that came out. World of Demons is that game. And it's like rad, but also doesn't have player, multiplayer, multi-user support. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, Apple Arcade's good. They just need to talk about it. They definitely do. Just a second question. I, mm-hmm. You might have you might have actually already answered this, and I might have missed it. But this game, like you said, you played on multiple platforms. It's super easy to like. Does Apple do a good job at like knowing where your save is, or do you have to like upload your save whenever you switch between platforms? You don't. If it's got good Game Center integration, it knows. Like it will. Okay. I, cool. It's one of the things where I wish they were again. Like wish they were more particular about how people use that framework specifically because like you have certification for and you bounce things for not following api protocols and other th- areas of certification for apple which is always why i'm like how do these things pass certification for other companies because i'm like i've watched over years games or not even games just like app bounce because I'm trying to think of like an easy way to like explain it you're using an api in a way that apple is like that's not how you're supposed to use that API. You cannot call that action the way you're calling it. So we're going to not let you use your game. But Game Pass seems to be like, they do whatever. Game Center. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, Game Center. I keep calling it Game Pass. Oh. <laughs> yeah, developing for Apple is a nightmare for the reason that you just said. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about Outriders. Outriders is a Destiny-like game developed by Square Enix, which... I, which I guess was in the news cycle for the past year or so. I did not hear about this game, or I just... I'm surprised to see how many people are playing this game. I didn't realize it was, like, that big a thing. Same. It's got a really bad, dumb name. It sounds dumb. Yeah. The, the name is dumb, and the story so far in my, I would say, I would say five hours of playing the game is pretty dumb. And one of the things that, like, I noticed about this game is that the game doesn't necessarily take itself seriously, in one example I want to quickly give is at one point your character saves another character. It's like, oh, I'm glad I saved you. And then the character immediately gets shot and killed by someone off screen. It's like, the character literally says, well, what the fuck was that about? And the mission ends. It's like, oh, the characters feel like they're written to be comedic, but they don't deliver anything in comedic sense. So that's how this game like, feels. It feels similar to like a Borderlands in a sense, but without actually being funny. But without Mikey, is that what you're saying? It's like Borderlands without Mikey. Right, yeah. See, that's the thing. The game does, as you're playing through it. Well, you just, the example that you just gave sounds like it was supposed to be funny, and it, it kind of was, but is it not See, supposed to be funny? The, the way that all the characters deliver the lines feels like they're not trying to be funny when they are. Wait, it's like Starship Troopers. Like, that's a form of comedy where, like, you, you say it straight. It's like Airplane. Don't call me Shirley. Like, they say it straight. But the joke is that they're saying it straight. Is that the joke? Or do they not even realize it's it's funny? 
That, did you understand my question? I understand your question. The okay. way I interpret it is I don't think they realize they're being funny. Oh, no. And it comes off weird. That's really bad. Yeah, and it happens. Like Borderlands lo- is like they know. Yeah, they they're in on the joke. Okay. But with this game, when it comes to storytelling and like character interactions, there would be somewhat comedic moments. But none of the characters recognizes that this is a comedic moment, and they don't address a lot of things like that. But one of the things I really want to talk about in regards to Outriders, besides their uh, server issues, is that this is a Destiny-like game, which is like MMO. You get loot, whatnot. But this is a game that is specifically designed for PC platforms. And I had to get a second opinion. I asked Kaylee about this. Yeah. I opened the game's like menu for your character. And a lot of the weapons and gears and loots have special skills. And like, uh, I forget what the game calls it, but they're like special effects. Like a gun will deal 15% more damage or will cause slow ice fire damage. And all of these texts are on screen. But the text size is so incredibly small, and it's like. Well, a- this is what Zyger did. He calls me in, and he's like, "Kaylee, I need to show you something." I'm like, "What the <laughs> what the fuck?" And she's like, "Hold on," and he's fidgeting around on this game. And basically, what happens is like, if you ever played like a looter shooter or even like Diablo, where like any game that has weapons that drop that are better than the weapon that you have has it, where like there's a menu where you open up your inventory and you hover over the gun, and it shows you it's like damage if it does any elemental damage, all that shit. Our living room is not huge. Our TV is a very good sized TV. Our couch is not exceptionally far from our couch. He pulls this up and then he goes, Kaylee, can you read this? And there was maybe 30% of the text, like the large headers that were readable. And all of the rest, I'm like trying so hard to resist the urge to lean forward. And I'm squinting so bad. And then, and I'm like, no, I can't. What the fuck? And then Zyger goes, okay, I have large text enabled. And he goes into the settings and he turns off. There's an accessibility option where you can turn on large text. He goes on, he turns it off and then he reopens the menu. And even the headers were illegible. Even when I got, I literally, I got closer and closer to the TV, like going to the eye doctor. And I realized I had to sit about as far as you would sit if you were playing at your desk on PC. Even though I had a giant TV too, it's not even like we have a small TV. Right. It's like our a TV's 42 like inch 50 TV. Inches. Oh yeah, no. My my desktop that I'm looking at right now is 42 inches, but our uh, living room TV is like 50 inches. And so like I would have to sit as close as I am right now recording this podcast looking at the monitor to read the text. It's so bad. It, it's sensibly bad. And it's not even just, like, the text. Like, the, the way that the menus operate and, like, the map layout, the way that the game constantly loads things, it's so obvious. This game was designed for PC in mind. And it's like, oh, we're also putting it on consoles because we're Square Enix and we want to make as much money as possible by putting it on as many platforms as possible. But as I'm playing through this game, it's, like, more and more apparent, like, oh, I have a very old Xbox. It's a launch model Xbox. It's, like, it struggles a bit with a lot of the loading and, like, Sometimes when you enter new areas, it takes like a, like like frame. I will notice frame drops here and there. It's like okay, this game is made to run on Xbox One, but not necessarily well. And it's like oh, this is the first game that's really like hey, you definitely need to upgrade to the new Xbox. I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see that, and it's very disappointing in that sense. But like gameplay wise, it's 
I really enjoy it. I, I think I enjoy this more than I enjoy Destiny 2 as far as like actually playing the game when I'm able to play it. But it's a game that's like fighting me in that I want to play it, but it's designed for PC and it's designed for a system better than what I currently am playing it on. This is the future of Xbox to me. Like, this is what's so scary is I feel like this is going to be the story. If you have the Xbox Series S, if you have an Xbox One X three years from now when the One XXX comes out or whatever the fuck, like, I'm so worried of, well, it technically runs on my thing, but it makes me feel like I really need to spend more money on this or that I should be playing on PC. Like, this is what I feel like Xbox games are becoming. Intentionally. Yep. But that's all I really had to say about Outriders. I'm like, only... I don't know. I heard on this before, but this is why I'm so big on, like, just cop to it. Just say, like, just say, yeah, technically it runs on Xbox One, but it's pretty garbage. So it's only going to come out on Xbox, you know, Series X. You know, like, don't don't release it on Xbox One X and be like, oh, look at us. We're still releasing things on every generation. When you Cyberpunk. know it... Right, when you know that it runs like shit on the older ones. That's why I like Sony being like, no, this game's coming out on PS5. Because even if it could run on PS4, it's going to run like noticeable garbage. And we're not going to do that. Like, that's what I mean when I say you got to at some point draw the line. Because when you don't, this is what happens. Is you get the benefit of the money and the customer's the one that gets fucked over. And in this case, I'm the one getting fucked over. I love Outriders, but it's just a struggle. Yeah, like, it's it's anti-consumer. When I complain about things, it's because I view them as anti-consumer. And this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's all I really had to say about Outriders. I'm only, again, five hours in. I'm only in the second area that's opened up to me so far. Is that five hours of actual playing or five actual hours? Actual playing, yes. Okay, because how long have you tried to play the game? I've definitely tried to play the game for, I would, I would say I've spent... About an hour trying to get into the game in all of my attempts, just like trying to load into the servers. And there were a couple times where you just gave up, where you're like, Well, I wanted to play this game, but I guess I'm gonna do something else. Yep, uh, that was uh, exceptionally true on uh, the second day that the game was out. It's like, Oh, day one issues are definitely re- resolved now. I'll be able to play the game no problem. And I played for maybe half an hour before. Server issues just went to shit, and I got disconnected every five minutes. And it's like, it's not saving the progress I made in those five minutes, so why bother? Yeah, that was it. And then I played Code Vein. And then you beat your dumb baby game. Yeah, the only other game I've been playing is Code Vein, and I finally beat it, and it's great. And it makes me understand why people like Dark Souls, but I'll never play Dark Souls because they don't do storytelling the way I like stories to be told. Find Neo 2 and we can play together. It's more like Code Vein than it's like Dark Souls. Yeah, I'm not super into environmental storytelling. I respect it. It's just not for me. He's a cutscene guy. And that'll wrap up free play for this week. Before we get to the end, I wanted to give everyone a chance to plug themselves and whatever products they have going on. You can find me on any platform at Sager1337. Kaylee, where can they find you? Quirk of Art XD. As in damn, that's a real good Twitter account you got there. You like that? You like that one? If you didn't, you can follow me at Twitch at just Quirk of Art. No, no damn fine Twitter account necessary. I like that. I like that a lot. Spencer, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Miss Nintendeek sixty four. I have another podcast baby coming into the yes. world this week. So you like horror movies? Tomorrow is the day. Is it Halloween? Will drop sometime in the afternoon tomorrow on yes. podcast providers around the globe. 
So I can listen to it while I'm on my exercise bike. <gasps> I'm so excited. I need more horror podcasts. The only good horror podcast I listen to regularly is um, Nightlight. So that's like K-N-I-G-H-T. But Nightlight's really good. And I'm really excited for more uh, good horror podcasts because I get picky about who I get my content from. And Jordan, where can people go to catch up on the things you're doing? You can go to twitter.com slash versified or you can follow my game. We should talk at twitter.com underscore slash double slash XXXD double slash underscore. We should talk. Is that real? We should talk with, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, we should talk was featured in Indie World Order, which is a thing that's a thing apparently where people were streaming it. You can buy it. We should talk on all modern consoles and platforms and on Steam. Did you know that we should talk as a pretty easy platinum trophy on playstation you can get in probably less than three hours you should do it does that mean that i want you to buy it just for platinum i don't give a fuck you're buying it i'll do it on xbox and get the achievements hell yeah sure whatever that is <laughs> <laughs> all right fair and this is going to be it for the week eight patch rollout subscribe to future patches on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Follow The Weekly Patch at The Weekly Patch on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Or join the QA process in our Discord server. Comments? Questions? Bug reports? Send them to us at hello at theweeklypatch.com. Links to all of these and more in the episode patch notes below. Week 8 patch complete. Joining us is the development guru themselves, Jordan. Guru, that's nice. I have had a week. I have been using my Nintendo Switch so much to watch Property Brothers on Hulu and The Bachelor. Did you know that the uh, Jonathan Property Brother was approached by The Bachelor three times to be The Bachelor? I did not. And now he's dating Zoe Deschanel. I like Carpool Karaoke. Ooh. The Property Brothers on um, Carpool Karaoke uh, have an episode with the Deschanel sisters. Is that the one with James Corden? Because if you've ever checked Reddit, like, don't Google James Corden Reddit because James Corden's a monster. He's a piece of shit. He's not in the show. It started from the James Corden okay. show, but the, that's why I've never, like, I always tuned it out because I've only ever seen the clips where, like, he was doing karaoke with his friends and then I found out he was a garbage person and I was like, I don't want to watch that. Can I say, I was hoping so strongly that in this Apple Arcade, uh, story we brought up apple plus so that i could bring back up the property brothers so this property brothers <laughs> things has to stick in this episode <laughs> i'm just he saying thinks i here. can't edit this out too like i can do i can make you but, say whatever i want but you wouldn't hurt me like, like I that would. okay i would you t- you disrespected the oxford comma for two hours last week I'll say that Spencer disrespected the Oxford comment and I just seconded it. That hurt more. Because <laughs> it was unnecessary. Spencer could have been like, oh, it was a typo. And you were like, let me defend Spencer before she's even said anything. Because fuck the Oxford comma. Yeah, fuck it. See? No Property Brothers references. Gone. <laughs>